You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. My name's Jared. My name is Elle. And this is The New Leaf Project. Okay, Elle, before we get into today's episode and introducing who the guest is, when you first pitched this idea to me, I was really, really worried. You were worried? Yeah. Like sweaty and awkward no, and agitated? No, worried. not anxious. I was really worried about where you were going to go because you know my feeling about cafes. You love them. Well, I do like cafes, but one of the challenges, I mean, coffee shops that other people own, I like those, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a director of church planning for a denomination, and probably once a week, somebody sits me down and says, listen, are, are you sitting down? I say, yes, I am. I'm already sitting down. And then they say, I've got this idea, and here's my idea. Brand new, too. No one has ever done it no before. No one's ever thought of this. Here's this idea. When you go into a coffee shop, you'll notice that people there are there to have a conversation. And communities form around cafes. And what if, what if, Al, what if we did church and cafe together? Like that would help the kids to connect to Jesus, right? An aha moment, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the challenge for me always is when I ask this person, like, so what's, what's your experience running a cafe? Well, I've drank coffee in them before. I'm like, do you know how to do purchase orders? Are you aware of what cities require in terms of equipment and uh, zoning and uh, compliance issues? Just at the, the, the local governmental level, just to open a cafe, do you have... Two hundred and fifty thousand, maybe five hundred thousand dollars to like renovate this space, and or is your plan one of those like coffee urns and to put some Maxwell House uh, coffee in it? Is that your plan? Uh, and then, do you realize you're going to be in competition with Starbucks and Tim Hortons and and other really good, really serious local coffee shops? Are you ready for that? And uh, usually, they're not. And I've seen this not work. I've seen Christian cafes remain completely money-losing operations for years, for years. People just think that business is simple. And if it was simple, uh, everyone would be doing it. And okay, I think that's it in my rant. But I was really worried. I'm really really glad that you were able to share how you felt about that. (laughs) It's It's important. Yes. It's important for you to get that off your chest. But how is this interview different and how is this cafe different than my worst nightmare? Well, I could tell you all about it or we could get to the interview and people could take a listen and see. How about that? All right. I will give give this interview a chance. Okay? All right. But he better you come give it up a big. You're going to enjoy it, everybody. This is a great interview uh, with a great organization, a great group of people that are doing stuff in Waterloo. So we're excited to share it with you. At least this half of the New Leaf podcast is excited to share it with you. (laughs) All right, here we go.
Hi, my name is Elle, and we are here with the New Leaf Project. I am spending the morning with Steve Tullock. He is the community care pastor at Elevation Church in Waterloo and also part owner of Seven Shores Urban Market Cafe. We're just calling it Seven Shores Cafe or Seven Shores Community Cafe. Very nice. This is a wonderful cafe in Waterloo, Uptown Waterloo. I went to it for many years. It's uh, it's just got a very nice sense about it. And so you and four other couples uh, purchased it, uh, was it a year ago now or two years? Almost exactly a year, May 1st. Almost so, exactly a year. Yeah. Purchased it and uh, have some community shareholders. So I just wanted to chat a little bit about that story. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about how it started, how you got involved. So... Tell me about Seven Shores. How did you begin this journey with, um, you know, coming to own this or even before that? Tell me all about that. Okay. Yeah, it is a longer story for sure. So I moved into the neighborhood uh, nine years ago and immediately looked for uh, a place that I could meet people and be present in the neighborhood. So I found a cafe that was right close by, didn't feel at all comfortable with the way the employers treated their employees, um, just as an observer sitting in the cafe. And I was mentioning it to um, a friend who lived next door to us. She was a student at the time, and I was was expressing that frustration in a conversation. And she said, um, oh, well, you should come to my cafe. I work at this cafe, and they treat us amazingly. And so that began an intentional supporting of this cafe. That would have been about probably seven or eight years ago. It was very early after it had been established. So I used to go in there regularly, meet people there. And at some point, um, Sean, the previous owner, uh, asked if my wife, Deb, would be interested in becoming the baker there. His his original baker passed away, actually. And, uh, she is an excellent baker. I would agree. Thank you. I've sculpted my body on her baking <laughs> for lots of years. Um, and uh, and so, uh, yeah, so Deb became the baker. She's baked there for the last four and a half years. And at one point we were on vacation last, uh, about a year and a half ago now, and we saw on Facebook um, a posting, Sean just said, without it, no, nobody had any clue of this, just came a posting on Facebook saying the cafe is for sale. He never advertised it any other time in any other way. It was just one day on Facebook. Wow. And I happened to see it, and I sent him a message and said, um, I'm really serious uh, and interested, um, but I have a bunch of questions to ask you. Please don't tell Deb. <laughs> until I get the answers to those questions. So he and I chatted a wee bit, and uh, he put me in touch with someone else from the neighborhood who had all had a similar conversation with him okay. and said, you should talk to Darren. So I contacted Darren, who I knew, and Darren and, and uh, several other couples had intentionally moved into the neighborhood, and they, they all, all were part of a small group at Waterloo Mennonite Brethren Church, who were trying to uh, t- t- trying to intentionally live in one neighborhood uh, together, mm. and Seven Shores had become their place to be to be present in the neighborhood right, also, yeah. and so we I knew them f- from there, and from some other places our paths had crossed as well. So we began a conversation, and one other couple from our church here decided to join in as well, 
And uh, so the five of us, five couples, decided to purchase it together. He really liked us. He knew we would want to maintain the similar values that he had had. Because it had always been a cafe with a conscience. Yes. Fair trade and Absol- Absolutely, yeah. Um, he would have called it a social enterprise um, because he would have felt like his primary goal was not making money, even though he would have you know, hoped to make money. But, right. th- but that was certainly not his only bottom line. And we always loved that about the cafe. And so we were attracted. Well, you know, we had long been attracted to it because of its values and its location. And so the opportunity came for us to... To maybe take it on, and we wanted to we wanted to hold it in the community. Right. So, what were those, what were those conversations like when you guys first kind of came together as this collective, and you were thinking like this, we might actually do this. Was it excitement, nervousness? Like, how did those first conversations go? Oh, they were very exciting, and I think that we came at it from different directions. Like one of our. One of the the couples, he is a banker, and he's always been interested in, in having a business and, and actually um, seeing if he could make a business work. So he was very, even though uh, really driven by community co- commitment as well, he had kind of a banking mindset and business mindset. And I tended to uh, um, just... I love the idea of hospitality and for me creating a space where people feel welcome and where food is shared is really close to who I am as a person and my understanding of the gospel. So I think we were all motivated slightly differently Um, and even our our offer to purchase we said at the beginning like so what would we offer and Bryant the banker and I were on very different ends of the spectrum I basically said I don't think we should consider offering less than this and he said we can't offer more than and there was a big gap between those two things and so we we realized right away that that we were complementary or uh, we would we there was going to be some tension that we would be maintaining as owners that would probably be really healthy right. and it's actually been that what has not been a source of conflict yet that's amazing so you go through this process you connect with these people and they finally say yes to your offer what what was that like um, it, 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 there was some emotion actually because they had loved this cafe and they, uh, on the day they agreed verbally to this, they, they said, um, we wish maybe that you had come along a couple of years before and maybe we could have like, co-owned it. Been a part of it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would have. Uh, so I, I think they were, they, they felt good about us taking over because they knew us all well and they knew that our values would, would line up with, with theirs. So there was a, a sense of feeling good about mm-hmm. selling it, uh, but also a, a deep sense of loss because this had not just been a business venture for them. So that was their perspective. So we felt that emotion. We had some tears, actually, some hugging uh, that went on um, which you know which doesn't always characterize business deals or acquisitions right and so so it was uh, it was quite a I, I think quite a meaningful moment as we took over and essentially pledged to, to them that we would honor their uh, their commitments and and uh, yeah and, and and maintain their heritage or their legacy kind of yeah because they had started it and how long had they owned it for I think seven years seven they years. Had. So, and in you guys so, stepped. And in we came, yeah. yeah. So, we, tell me about the community 
shareholder idea. Is that something you had thought about before you guys had purchased it or something that came afterwards? Or tell me, I guess, a little bit about what that even means for those folks that don't know. Okay. Well, I think all, you know, right from the very beginning, our ownership team had a sense that we were buying this for the community and we were part of the community. We all live in the neighborhood except one couple, but they work in the neighborhood and and so and were regulars there too. So, so I think we felt like this was a community cafe in a lot of senses of the word. And so we almost almost immediately when we began to talk about would we purchase this and how much would we offer and what would it look like and what would our values be uh, we said what are some ways that we could involve the community more so it would even be more held by the community and so the idea of, of developing shares that people could buy in was the thing we came up with. We talked about different kinds of running it, like a co-op or a, a number of business models. But we we chose this shareholder model where people would actually own. Uh, so we, we said we would sell shares for $500 each. Um, we advertised it to people not just as a financial um, investment, but more as a community investment. We did say we will pay 4% dividend on those, um, but we did not want people motivated primarily by the financial investment. And none of us had ever owned a cafe before, or a business actually, so we didn't know that that would be a good investment for them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, um, we 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 really did hope, and I think we had a sense that we would be that we had enough transferable skills and experience between us that we should be able to figure this out. But um, but but we in, we were inviting people to more join us in this venture is what we were inviting right. people to do, and that created a significant buffer. We've had some. We said to people, we'll you know we'll pay four percent dividend. We'll have a couple of good parties a year, and maybe a few other little perks. But basically, it's joining us in this venture, and uh, and we had uh, about thirty people jump in and so the people who bought the community shares are they people that actually live in the neighborhood? Oh, almost all are. Yeah, so many of them are people from, again, from the neighborhood or who were already regulars at the cafe. In fact, we intentionally went to some of them and said, you're a regular in the cafe, we're buying it, would you be interested in joining? And quite a few of them said yes. Some others were just friends. We had one or two of people who just saw it in the in the newspaper and said, this sounds like an amazing idea. Can I support this? Because I believe in this kind of thing, even though they had really no connection with us. And so we've a few, there's a few of those, but I would say the majority are regular customers or else cl- close friends or family of, of us owners. So That's so awesome. Yeah, That's I, so awesome. I think it is pretty cool. And there is this sense of those people when they're in the cafe. So we did a cleaning bee the other day, for example. We just sent out to the shareholders and said, we're doing a, a, a cleaning bee. Anybody want to join us? So half a dozen people came and, and uh, we... we uh, cleaned and sipped a little whiskey while we did it and had a nice time. Well, there you go. Why am I allowed to say that? No, you're allowed to say that. Our New Leaf Project listeners, they probably drink whiskey too. Was it good whiskey, though? Uh, It was good enough whiskey. Scotch. 
That's good. It's a nice scotch. That's awesome. So then, do you have this sense with, you know, collaboratively owning it plus the, these community shareholders? Like, it must feel like a team. Like, like, it's not just one person that's having to shoulder all the responsibility. It's oh. like a community owns this cafe and runs it. Such a relief. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. We really do feel that... So, so, so the ten of us act like a board. We make decisions together. We meet every month, and we make decisions and and dream and imagine and come up with ideas and stuff, vision together, all of that. Um, plus, then there is this there, there is this other group of people out there who occasionally send us ideas or offer suggestions to us, and and we feel somewhat responsible too, because like we're in this together. I think we very much feel that way, and I like that feeling a lot. Mm. Um, I think we have a sense that that like that a lot of those people um, want, you know, like they don't just want it to go well, but they they do like being involved. So so they pitch in here and there, and and uh, yeah, it feels really good to be held by the community. That's amazing. I love it. Oh, so inspiring and encouraging. So, what are some of your favorite stories of community and connection that you that you can think of that you've experienced through the cafe Hmm. well even before we owned it like when when we were interviewed by the newspaper after having done this uh, it was a nice article by the way thank you yeah i thought they did really well but i was quoted in it as saying that for a number of years i would stop in at the cafe on my way to work because i really loved um, a place where i could get four or five hugs before i ever even got to my job in the morning and so i think that that's that 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 is a, a pretty special thing there's a lot of hugging goes on um in this place there people uh, my my wife deb had a very difficult um day a, a few weeks ago and she was on the verge of tears and one of the regular couples who come into the cafe several times a day they live just a few doors down and they they were there and and they are both um in the healing professions. One is a chiropractor and one is a massage therapist. And and when Deb saw them, she just immediately thought, like, their hands are healing. And she she ran out of the kitchen and, and just, uh, you know, like, burst into tears. And they, and they just held her. So those, like, those moments where, where, um, where there's that deep relationship, that, that was quite special. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I Actually, that same family have two have three kids, two of whom one would be probably twelve and ten maybe, um, came to me uh, a year, last summer and said, "I have a we have a business proposal for you. Could we meet?" So I said yes. So I met with these two young girls, and they said we would like to uh, we would like to propose that we rent the wooden shelves from you that are just outside the door that we that we rent that for July and August. And we would like to run a little market garden, and we'd like to grow herbs and vegetables in right in your gardens at the cafe. So we made an agreement to do that, and we barter. They, they, uh, they, they give to us onions and things like that, which we use, and, which we cook with, and uh, they, and so they call themselves the garden gals, 
and they are a regular now. Um, and so they, I just met with them again yesterday to plan for this year, and they're going to do some different things. They they make their own soap now, and so they're wanting to sell soap and other such things. So I think that's a real highlight. Is that's amazing? Yeah, yeah, we love that. Absolutely, it's like fostering the entrepreneurial spirit within your exactly. community. Exactly. So we have a we have an actor who lives in our community who's one of our shareholders. So he comes in and reads stories to kids every uh, every so often. We'll have a kids reading day. Those are those are neat moments to see all this. The, the, our community room just filled with a whole bunch of little kids and and having books read. And every time I'm there, there is lots of children, yeah. lots of moms, lots of lots of groups. It's never empty. Yeah. It's yeah, it is a place where people gather for sure. What are some of your dreams and visions for the future for the cafe? Well, all of us uh, are pretty intimately involved with new Canadians, mostly refugees. We would like to think of a ways that that our space could be more beneficial to that population. Realistically, we would like to be consistently sustainable financially so that we think we could actually keep this going. So those would be some things. I don't think the the rest of us, like as a group, I don't think we have any r- really big dreams of doing anything dramatically different. Um, so we don't have, you know, like we don't have a five-year plan to create something really new and when I think about you, though I don't know you super well, I've always known you as a person that's really involved in the community with your events, the view from here. You had stuff that you hosted at your house. I had friends that went, and you had a lot of people that would come to those events. Your house would be packed out. So how does the cafe kind of, you know, you seem like a person on mission. You don't really need an establishment to um, make you do that. But how how is this kind of inspired and encouraged you on mission like as as a person is it seems like just such a natural extension of of who you are and what you do anyways but how has the cafe kind of fed into that for you um deb and i i would say our home has been uh, a gathering place for uh, an, the art uh, an artist activist community in this region and so a lot of those people we still stay connected with them and and the cafe is a place where we will host their music. I would say it, it's been quite critical for us in allowing us to to continue doing what we've always been doing. And and for me, that like the idea of you know, of, of being missional or uh, is, I mean, this is how I want to live in the world is is by. Um, by being a loving presence in my neighborhood, of, of living out Jesus' values within my sphere of influence. And, and so the cafe is, like, is a pretty natural outpouring of that. I, I, tend, to see the, I tend to see hospitality as, the, as one of the, the best metaphors for the gospel. So, so a space where food is, is prepared and shared with people, where, where people feel safe to have good conversations, where people sense that they belong, that, that this is a, a space where people are nurtured. All of that, to me, flows very much out of my sense of, of how I think the Creator wants us to live in the world. And so the cafe, to me, is, 
like a great way to a great way and a great place to do that. Another question I had, I was thinking about, I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but so your church, uh, this church is very close to your cafe. Um, and you said one of the couples that is part of your ownership collaborative go here. Yeah. So are the church and the cafe tied or are they not? Is there intentionality either way with that? Uh, so there is, there is a lot of intentionality in, in and around it. I would say that the cafe is not the church's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, there, there, there are, um, well, there is one other couple involved in ownership, so that's an obvious personal connection. Uh, I think lots of, um, lots of people in our church are well aware of the fact that we own this and really sense that this is a good thing. They would see, they would know that, that this very much is consistent with what we believe and the way we want to live out our, our faith and our values. Um, the, there has been um, permission given to me quite intentionally by the church leadership to, to explain to do this. Um, and so even though they knew that it would probably take some time away from my official hours here at the church, but there was never a sense that I was doing this on behalf of the church. It's not a church initiative. I'm not doing this on behalf. It's not part of my job here. It's in addition to, but it is blessed by and, uh, and, and you know, I guess my, my doing it is certainly sanctioned. Like they, they, they like the idea that I'm doing. It, I would say. And I also am in, intentional. Like, I would never want the people at the cafe to feel like they are part of a, an agenda that I have an end goal of, of uh, you know, feeding them, getting them really close, and then somehow persuading them to come to church. So I'm as intentional or maybe even more intentional about n- not having an agenda to get cafe people to come to church as I was as I, as I am about getting church people to come to the cafe <laughs> like these are these are um, they're really different things and they're both important parts of my life and, and important parts of the community but they really are not um, uh, I don't have an agenda of, of, uh, of using the cafe to evangelize people the cafe is where we act out the gospel, I would say, and um, and that's all. Yeah, no, I think that's a great distinction to make because um, in my years of being around church circles, um, owning a cafe or having a cafe as an outreach or a, this outpouring of a church mission, a lot of people talk about it, um, and oftentimes church and business don't always mesh. They do have some competing values sometimes. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think that's amazing that you make that distinction and that I knew that there was intentionality behind that. And I just think that that's, it's worth noting for a lot of people, um, in my humble opinion. Well, thank you. I just think uh, it's more meaningful to those at the cafe to know that you don't have that agenda. Your agenda is just to love them and to be there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the gospel. And you can definitely feel that sense and that spirit when you come there. Like, I just really think strongly that the, that the gospel story um, is an acted out story anyway, right? It's, it's love acted out. So, so. I think the best way for us to live out Jesus values is 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 to to 
um, order our lives around the, the themes of, of the good news story. And so then that becomes good news everywhere we go, I think. So. That's awesome. Steve, thank you for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate it. No, I really appreciate it. I know a lot of people in our New New Leaf Network will um, be encouraged by this story. So if you want to come check out the cafe, Seven Shores, where's the at? What's the street it's on? It's on Regina Street in Uptown Waterloo, um, 10 Regina Street North. And you can say that Steve sent you. Yeah. Usually that would be a good thing. That's a good thing, (laughs) depending on the day. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for your time, Steve. Thank you. Nice chatting now. Okay, that was our interview with Stephen Tullock. Uh, L, if people want, well, before we get into how people can connect to them, I gotta say this: I I need to repent uh, because that's wonderful. All of the things that I'm worried about weren't the part of that story. One of the things I'm really worried about is when churches tie themselves to businesses and what i love to hear in his story was the way that he keeps those things separate they they can have business and churches can have healthy symbiotic relationships but they should never be in my opinion tied together they should always be allowed to live side by side and and that's what i love about that story um now i've never been to this coffee shop um because i haven't lived in kitchener in about four years so tell me when a little bit about you're it. In, well, when you're in town, we'll have to go. Yeah, I'd love to. It's, I do like going to cafes, for the record. Good. And I thank you for repenting. It's Please a accept thing. my apology, everybody. Im- confession is important. I, I feel, it's very important. I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great place. You know, Seven Shores, you know, their tagline is that they're simple and ethical and relational business in the heart of downtown Waterloo or uptown Waterloo, I suppose. And that's exactly what it is. Feedback that I always get when I hear uh, back from people who I've sent there. They just love it. Um, the vibe there is wonderful. It's a great place to be. And hearing the story of um, how it came to be, it's so encouraging to me to see third spaces, places that are created that are, in my opinion, they are living out the gospel, um, serving people, loving people, hospitality. And then, of course, um, as somebody who is a business owner, I get it. There is a serious business side to that. And I think that they approach it with integrity. And just it's a great place. So I'm really happy to have shared their story. And if you are ever in Uptown Waterloo, you can check them out. They're located on 10 Regina Street, Unit 4. You won't miss it. Uptown Waterloo. Their website is sevenshores.ca if you want to say hello or see what they are up to. It's a great place, a great story. And, you know, part of New Leaf is not just talking about um, planters, but talking about starters, people who are instigators and doing interesting and new things. Even though church, quote-unquote, or Christian, quote-unquote, cafes might be something that have been done and perhaps not always done well, um, just the separation and the ability they have to do both of those things with integrity and love is really encouraging to me, and I hope it was encouraging to our New Leaf listeners. Well, it was definitely encouraging to me as well. And uh, so, folks... Uh, you, you know how to get a hold of the Seven Shores people. If the Seven Shores people are listening, I, I'd still like to come and check out your cafe. I'm really excited about the, the things that I'm hearing, and I can't wait to taste the coffee myself. So, we'll see you next time on the New Leaf Project. 
Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.